is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to the Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked in your drive for purpose, performance, and profitability. Now, a quick Smart Moves treat. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. As a leader, do your people trust you enough to follow you? This was a question I posed to a group of insurance executives at a company leadership retreat. One of them talked about how you must have a high level of personal integrity and respect for those you lead. As you move up higher in the organization, your actions gain more meaning and a greater impact on others. I then asked him how he learned this. He replied, as a young manager, I asked my boss for leadership advice. He said, Always do what's right for the company first, what's right for the work group second, and what's right for you third. If you practice this, people will never challenge your motives. He continued, role models need to walk the talk. A leader's job has stressful moments, especially when he has to make a decision, and sometimes the right decision is the most challenging. People are expecting you to do the right thing. You absolutely have to, even if it's difficult. For example, when I make a mistake, I have to be truthful rather than get upset or blame others. This neutralizes the situation so that we can focus on finding solutions to the problem. His final words of wisdom, begin each day with the intention to make a positive difference in what you do, who you do it with, and who you do it for. End each day with a quick review. Ask yourself, what difference did I make today? So here's your smart moves tip. People follow the leader first and the leader's vision second. It doesn't matter what the vision is. Actions of the leader will have more effect on how people behave than any other vision statement or corporate policy, which tells them how they're supposed to behave. Chances are, they already know how they're supposed to behave. 
Therefore, leaders must create a culture of integrity, respect, and civility. Listeners, if you want to make sure you're a leader that people will follow, then get the Effective Leader series of handbooks. It will give you 232 practical tips to make smart moves as a leader. Business as listeners will get a 20% discount on these four handbooks. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Listeners, here's another treat. My guest today is Buzz Colby, an associate with Final Touch Finishing School and the president and leadership development coach of Leading Win Resources. His topic is the profit of civility in the workplace, choose it or lose it. Simply defined, civility is honoring and valuing each person. So as a leader, how do you treat your people? Do you value them? If you're not valuing and encouraging your employees, are they giving 100%? Civility in the workplace is a business strategy that will not only increase your profits, it will also provide you with a healthier lifestyle with less stress. So, Buzz is here to make sure you choose it and not lose it. Welcome, Buzz. It's a delight to have you on the show. Hello, Marcia, and as always, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, you know, let's get right into it. Um, what motivated you to learn about the topic of civility in the workplace and make this a focus of your executive and leadership coaching? Well, Marcia, over the past years, and I look at my overall personal experiences. I've had a lot of negative experiences in the workplace and a lot of positive experiences as Mm -hmm. well. I've had great bosses and leaders. I've had poor bosses and leaders. (laughs) And I look at my 25-plus years of corporate experience, and I've seen some environments and work cultures that were not acceptable and basically is based on civility or incivility in the workplace. And it really Mm -hmm. had a significant impact on me personally in the business world, and I was affected to it. Uh, in different ways. Um, in civility, you can be the, either the offender or instigator of civility or incivility, or you can be the target of civility or a witness even to civility when you see somebody else being treated unfairly. For example, I recall a number of years ago, I was sitting in the executive boardroom, and the vice presidents and directors were giving reports to the president of the company, and about a third of the way through one of the presentations, uh, the president stood up and ripped up the entire presentation that the person mm. was giving in front of everybody, in front of maybe 15 other people, totally humiliating the person and embarrassing him. And, and sometimes just being a witness to incivility in the workplace can have an effect on you. Um, I've also been a target of an offensive situation and incivility. I recall being in a conference room and we're doing our weekly meeting and the VPs and directors were giving our reports again once once again, and there was a customer care issue, and customer care came under my realm of responsibility at this uh, company, and the president began to get a little upset by what the numbers he was hearing and so forth. He went from upset to becoming angry to becoming, you know, then he threw a temper tantrum. 
and it just got worse and worse. So it was embarrassing to me, obviously, and at that time, I just sat there and listened to him while he threw his temper tantrum, was yelling and screaming at me, and what I found out was that actually aggravated him more because he didn't think I cared about what was going on. So the temperament continued on and on. Finally, the meeting was over, and we walked away. So there, at that point in time, I was a target of incivility in the workplace, and I've also mm-hmm. been a witness. So what I want the listeners to think about, wouldn't have you been a witness to civility mm-hmm. or incivility, or have you actually been the target? Because they affect you in both ways. So as I look back in my work experience, uh, the significance and the impact that it had on me and when I started my coaching business about 15 years ago, uh, that was part of it because I work on leadership development and so forth. And then about five years ago, I was in a training class. And I met a person named Deborah King, who's the president of the Final Touch Finishing School here in Texas. And they're now actually celebrating their 25th anniversary in civility and her Final Touch Finishing School. But Deborah and I connected and had a lot of same beliefs, values, morals about how we treat people, how we Mm -hmm, treat people mm -hmm. with respect, just be kinder to them and so forth. And so we became partners and we've done a few projects together uh, over the past few years. And early this year, I became an associate with Final Touch Finishing School because I really want to put more emphasis on the civility piece and how we treat people because it really makes a difference in how we respond, react, or what kind of effort we're going to put into something. You know, are we going to put in 100% of effort if we're not treated very well? And my goal is that you can be a great, nice person and show people respect and still get the numbers and results that you can get versus being a dictator-type manager or leader. So it's about being kind to people and being kind to yourself, first of all. But it just really weighs heavily on my heart to help share this information, the importance of it, and what the cost of it is, how it can cost you in your profits, in your business, but also in your, in your personal life as well. Because a lot of it causes stress, and stress can lead to an unhealthy lifestyle. Right. And I think that um, all of, you know, when you ask the uh, listeners to think about a situation where they were the target uh, or a witness of incivility, I think most, all of us can come up with that kind of example. And I know being a witness to it, it, you know, everyone, you know, some of the signs that I see is that people look down, they they don't know what to do. Um, And when you're the target, you know, again, you're not sure what to do. Um, So, you know, so that, that, um, that was the factor that uh, motivated you to uh, do, you know, to to talk more about civility. Um, so, how about we go into your definition of civility and and honoring and valuing each person? Certainly, no, and it's the big definition. You can look at it, you know, in many different ways. But first of all, it is honoring and valuing other people. And the word civility actually comes from an old French and Latin term meaning simply good citizen. And Uh it's all about living respectively in your community. And civility can be the glue, basically, that holds our society together, if you take a good look at it. And I'm going to reference two books during our time together today. The first one is a book called Choosing Civility. Uh And the author is P.M. Forney, and he's the co-founder of the John Hopkins Civility Project. And he defines civility to be civil is to behave in a manner 
that takes into consideration the feelings and the comfort of others in practicing the art of giving. So that brings into the mode a servant leadership mode, and we can discuss that a little bit further later. Right, but right. But basically what civility does, civility does the work of empathy. Mm-hmm. And Pam Forney goes on to say that there are basically three R's to civility. There's respect, responsibility, and restraint. And respect is basically respecting who you are, respecting yourself, and mm-hmm. being kinder to yourself. And it's also about how you respect others and not being judgmental towards others. And it also includes respecting the environment, the environment around you. How do you take care of things? You know, when you go to a shopping grocery store, do you return the shopping cart to where it's supposed to be or do you just leave it rolling down the parking lot or whatever? So it's respecting the environment that way or picking up trash, recycling, and just taking care of your environment. And then there's also responsibility, and that's taking responsibility for your own words and actions mm-hmm. and taking ownership of what you're doing. And when you make a decision, do you stick with it? And if it happens to be a decision that isn't correct, do you own up to making that mistake and being transparent about it? Do you apologize for it? Do you adapt to it? But do you own up to who you are and be authentic about who you are? And that's taking responsibility. The third R that PM Forney refers to is restraint. And that's basically, it's the art of feeling good later on. And we've all heard the phrase that perhaps your mother might have said to you, if you don't, say any, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at <laughs> all. So it's restraint of what you're saying. And are you saying something, are you really adding value to the situation here? And if we talk about restraint, what listeners to think about, imagine that you are the president of a large global corporation. You've got manufacturing plants all over the world. And for some reason, somehow, two of the manufacturing plants were destroyed, blown up, put on fire, and killed a number of your employees. And you Mm -hmm. learn about this news in the middle of a press conference or an executive meeting where you're around a group of people. How would you respond if you were told that information? How would you restrain yourself? And I refer to it as like taking a pause for the cause. So think how you would handle that situation when you got that news and this is not a political statement by any means, but I like to use the example of George W. Bush. Right, right. During 9-11, when he was in the uh, classroom with third graders, and when Andrew Card came up to George W. Bush while he was sitting there and told me information about that the second tower had been attacked, and George W. Bush, the president, sat there calmly, had a little glare in his eyes, hmm, what's doing on? But he didn't jump up and freak right. out. Right. He restrained himself. He didn't show that it was a panic situation because look at the people who are around him, a bunch of third graders. And what right. message does that send as a good leader? So well, I'm wondering if we can hold that thought because you went into the three, um, you know, the three R's, and it's time for a short break. Um, this is the on uh, the business edge with Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach. When we return, Buzz Colby will be giving us further insights into civility in the workplace. Stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. This is Marsha Seidel, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest today is Buzz Colby talking about civility in the workplace, a great topic. Um, at the end of uh, our, the last segment, Buzz was uh, talking about the three R's of civility. And the first was respect who you are and uh, not being judgmental. The second was responsibility and making sure you take, uh, take responsibility for your actions. And then he was getting into the third one with restraint. And so he wants to continue and finish that up. So tell me more about that, about restraint. Uh, thank you, Marcia. And just a few more points on the restraint is, you know, do you have to answer every question or do you have to say something to every comment? And a lot of times we don't because we're really not adding value to that. So some things that I keep in my mind is, you know, it's time to zip my lip. Or I also <laughs> use the acronym WAIT, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? So I remember that, and it just takes practice, practice to get those in your head. But am I really adding value? Do I have to answer everything, et cetera, et cetera? So it's, it's really feeling good later about your decision to have restraint at the current present time. So it's, yes. it's, and when we judge others when we're doing that, we're simply defining who we are about you know, the respect, responsibility, and restraint. Right. And I do like the idea of the two uh, tips you gave, zip my lip and wait, why am I talking? <laughs> and for exactly. those of us who are talkers like me, I do have to have restraint. And I think it's also important that when you're to be listening and when you're listening, you won't have all these thoughts going in your head that you want to say. Am I, you know, so I think listening is probably one of the important aspects of civility. Do you agree? Well, 
I agree. And what I have learned over the years is that when I'm talking or speaking, I'm really not learning anything. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a lifelong learner. So when I'm listening, I'm learning. So I focus more on that than less talking because I know I'm not learning anything. I also want to, you know, sometimes it's easier to define define, uh, work civility in the workplace is what is what are some of the incivility acts in a workplace and some examples of incivility would be taking credit for some other's efforts or passing blame <laughs> to somebody else for our own mistakes or talking down to somebody else and as we talked about you know not listening or texting during a meeting mm. as a matter of fact I did a presentation last night and with the final touch finishing school we've got small business cards that are stated and there's two sides of the business cards and I placed these at the, each seat before my presentation, and it, and it was a dinner presentation. And a card says, unless your mobile phone was invited to the table, please set it aside. Your company is what is desired. And when you flip the card over, there's a place setting with a fork and the knife and the spoon and the plate. And on the plate is a cell phone with the red circle and the red line through it. Oh, and did you get any feedback from your audience when they saw that? They loved it, and there was not one person who touched their cell phone during the whole meeting, which was, I think, a first. We always go to meetings with their cell phones, or we go to a family meal, mm-hmm. and three out of four of the family members are on the cell phone. So that could be just an incivil gesture right then and there, because you're not really paying attention to what's going on, and we're losing that personal relationship. Yes, yes. The, uh, all the high technology and what's going on in, in a fast-paced world. Right. And I also like that example because you weren't standing up there lecturing them or admonishing them to, uh, you know, put their cell phones away. You did it with humor. And I believe we can get more with humor sometimes than than anything else. So I I commend you on that. Um, Now let's move on because, you know, this is a show for, for business leaders and entrepreneurs And they're responsible for uh, the profits and loss of their company. So as a business strategy, how does civility affect profits? Why is it important from a profit and loss loss, uh, example that you should have civility? So it's not just a nice thing to do, but it's an important business thing to do. Absolutely, and there's a lot of profit, both personally and professionally, you can gain by offering civility in the workplace. And there's a great book out there that I want to reference, and it's called The Cost of Bad Behavior, Mm -hmm. How Incivility is Damaging Your Business and What to Do About It. And the authors are Christine Pearson and Mm -hmm. Christine Parath. And once again, the book is called The Cost of Bad Behavior. And in that book, they, they have some statistics and percentages from surveys taken, and 80% 80% of the people who are surveyed believe that incivility is a problem in the workplace. 96% of the people surveyed have experienced incivility at work. Mm-hmm. 80% believe that they get no respect at work, and I believe our listeners can relate to any one of these, that they've witnessed it or been a target of incivility. Mm-hmm. Um, 75% of the employees were totally dissatisfied with the way that their company handles incivility in the workplace. They don't do anything about it. And the interesting facts here is that 94% of the people who are treated uncivilly would get even with the offender, Uh and they do that by avoiding the offender or, you know, with 
with withholding information or so forth, but an 88% would get even with their business or their organization. And that could be by damaging their credibility. But mm-hmm. overall, the cost of incivility, it can cause reduced employee performance, mm-hmm. reduced retention, reduced team performance, uh, the erosion of a corporate culture, uh, customer flight and damaged reputation of that, that um, business. And, it, you know, bad news gets around very quickly. It's a small world out there. And especially now with technology, it can be even smaller, and the news travels fast, and you put something on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, the word gets out about the bad news of an organization. And if you look at the companies that are rated as the top 100 preferred places to work, they really most of them come from a servant leader right. model where they treat people with respect and responsibility, and they listen. But the most significant uh, way in which incivility costs firms money is um, by raising stress levels of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Incivility allows, you know, stress to rise, threatening productivity, and that escalates health costs such as disability and absenteeism. And this could be, the, you know, very costly to an organization when people are absent all the time or withholding information. But uh, the American Institute of Stress reports that employee stress causes U.S. economy $300 billion a year. Wow. And each year, 365 million days, work days are lost because of sick time, long-term disability, and it's all because of job stress, which is directly related to civility or incivility in the workplace. You know, can you think of the times when you just didn't want to go to work because you didn't want <laughs> your boss to yell at you again or treated yes. you poorly? Yes. Or just avoided getting the work done. And how productive are you really in a situation like that, when you're worrying about it all the time, you know, is your boss going to come and humiliate you in front of the, the team or another team member or whichever? So it's really costly that way. And you think about your personal profit, you know, where's your health? How, mm-hmm. you know, we got to think first of our health because I believe that a healthy body and mind, you know, will be more productive in the workplace as well. So you really have to look at those costs and retention and so forth. If you're losing a lot of employees, Many of you know that it costs 30% of an employee's salary to replace that person. Look at the productivity loss that people are constantly quitting their jobs because of incivility in the workplace. And I recall a situation a number of years ago. uh, I worked for a telecommunications company, and the the president of the company was a hot-tempered, hostile, and created a hostile work environment for people. And I left after six months because I didn't like the way I was treated. And we sat down, and he goes to me, Buzz, you know, when I had handed in my resignation, I go, he goes, Buzz, you know, your numbers really weren't up to par anyway, so it's probably a good thing you're leaving. And I pulled out my numbers, and my numbers were the same or not better, were better than anybody else of the directors that I was working with. So my numbers were fine. He was just looking for excuses. Right. So my point to him was you can be a nice person and get the same or better results by being civil and showing other people respect. Well, I think you're talking about servant leadership, and we have just about a minute or so left. Um, you know, to talk a little bit. I know about servant leadership. What's your take on servant leadership, and why is it important for the, the listeners to know about it? Servant leadership provides a great avenue for trust in an organization, and I worked with a number of organizations where 
the employee morale was down, they didn't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. And when you bring in a servant leadership model where the leader models that behavior and develops that culture, it can change everything. And by servant leader, a great servant leader will help develop, educate, and advance their employees so they in turn can be better leaders when it's their turn to do that. But a servant leader, you know, it's all about the other person. It's not about me as a leader. It's about how can I help and serve other people by providing resources to learn, resources to treat people better, resources to understand yourself better, and be a better person. So it goes way deep in giving back versus taking You know, on that note, that's a great definition and explanation of servant leadership. Um, It's going to be time for a short break um, on the business edge. uh, This is Marsha Zada, your Smart Moves coach. And when we return, Buzz Colby will be talking about some of the ways to address and enhance your personal civility. So stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, and my guest... Uh, is Buzz Colby, 
and he's talking about civility in the workplace. And um, in the last segment, we really looked at why should a company be concerned about civility? Um, and he gave some great statistics and insights in how civility or incivility can not only affect a corporate's or a company's profit, but can affect workplace morale and workplace health. So now we come to, so, so you know, what about personal civility? Um, and so, Buzz, what are some of the ways to enhance your personal civility? What can you do individually? You're a leader or not a leader, but it's important to be civil in the workplace. Absolutely. And I, I believe the biggest and most important thing to do first about improving and looking at enhancing your civility in the workplace is your own self-awareness and mm-hmm. understanding exactly who you are and what your attitude is. You know, perhaps the question is, you know, what was your upbringing life in life like? Was it civil or incivil? You know, what, what did you grow up to be accustomed to? Or what was your norm for your upbringing and so forth? And that was your environment. So how did you, do you adjust that? But it comes back to your own self-awareness. And I want to ask the listeners uh, three questions here. And this is from a poll done about your own self-awareness and how are you, do you believe you're perceived? And the first question is, do you believe that if uh, that Americans are ruder today than 20 or 30 years ago. So are Americans ruder today than 20 or 30 years ago? The survey came back that 69% of the people believe that people are ruder today than they have been in the past, and that could be attributed to a lot of things, just the pace of the environment, technology, competition in business, and so forth. But the second question goes to, on a frequent or occasional basis, do you encounter people who are using their cell phones rudely? <laughs> and the responses for that were 89% of the people believe that other people are rude with their cell phones. And then we go to the question, have you personally used your cell phone in a loud or annoying manner in the past few months? And very few people will admit that they have, and only 8% of the people show believe that they are rude on their cell phones. But they also counteracts what the last question was about, you know, you encounter other people who are using their cell phone really, but we don't realize or perceive how we are using our cell phones. So that, there's that perception gap. Mm-hmm. Yet we see everybody else being rude on it, but we don't see ourselves. And that can mm-hmm. be, you know, allocated and related to other behaviors as well, of how you talk to people, what, you, what is your tone of voice, what is your body language saying to the other person. Uh, we know a lot of us have heard that body language is... Uh, 55% of the communication process, and mm-hmm. the tone of voice is 38%, and that words are only 7%. So your tone of voice and your body right. language can change everything. And in a 30-minute conversation between two people, there are more than 800 nonverbal messages sent in your communication process. So mm. as we go back towards the self-awareness, and that this drives back to... Um, term we've recently heard, actually goes back a little bit further than recent, but your emotional intelligence, your emotions, how you respond to those things and how you look at emotions and basically emotional intelligence is your ability to sense, to understand and to effectively apply the power and acumen of emotions which will in turn facilitate high levels of collaboration and productivity. Mm -hmm. So if you Mm -hmm. look at your own self-awareness first and there are basically three components of intrapersonal, that's your self-awareness, your self-regulation, and your motivation. So your self-awareness is learning about what your emotions are all about and how do you label them? Are you happy, sad, sorrowful, glad, whatever? 
And then the second part is self-regulation. And this Uh goes back to the restraint mode we talked about earlier in the three R's. How do you regulate your emotions? How do you let them get to you? And, you know, what are your hot buttons? What irritates (laughs) you? And how do you regulate? Are you able to regulate them and recognize them before they get to a temperament of hostility or Uh incivility? So we have to be able to pull the trigger and check our emotions and then regulate them. And on the interpersonal side, we have two components. There's social skills and empathy. Right. And as I mentioned earlier in PM Forney, uh, civility is the answer to empathy. So we have to learn more about ourselves. And that reminds me of a story of, you know, how do we change ourselves? And it reminds me of a story of an elderly Anglican bishop who was quoted as saying this towards the end of his life. He said, when I was young, I wanted to change the world. Yes. I discovered that the world did not want to be changed. So in discouragement, <laughs> I decided to change my community. But to my disappointment, my community did not want to be changed. And as I grew older, I decided that perhaps at least I could change my family. But I found out that I could not do that either. So finally, as a last resort, basically what I did was increase my self-awareness and at least change myself. And then as I realized that I had begun by changing myself, I might have changed and influenced my family. My family might have influenced my community. Mm-hmm. And then my community might in- begin to change the world. So if we start with ourself and our self-awareness on how civil are we being, are we being respectful, are we being responsible, are we showing restraint, starts with yourself, and you have to make that choice. Choose it or lose it. Right. And I want to uh, talk you to talk about uh, more about the empathy, and I'll, I'll give an example um, why it's important to understand and and know what it's like to be in the other person's shoes. Um, heard a story about a um, a company that would transport elderly people from their home or uh, nursing home to the hospital, and uh, most of the uh, employees that were doing this were quite young, so they put them through a half-day training where they became elderly. And so they wore glasses they couldn't see through. They wore shoes they couldn't walk very well with. They put things on their fingers so that things would slip through. And it was a way for them to understand what are the challenges of of elderly people or sick people. And I thought that was a great way to get uh, people to, un- to be more uh, empathetic. So can you talk more about how, what is empathy and how can it be developed? Sure, absolutely. And one of the definitions I've heard about empathy was empathy is sympathy without pity. So it's basically, ah, yes. you may have to understand the person, but that doesn't always mean you have to agree with them, but it's really mm-hmm. understanding where they're coming from and putting yourself in, in their shoes. And if I were in this situation... Unfortunately, a lot of times we don't put ourselves into somebody else's shoes until something like that kind of event happens to ourselves, whether all of a sudden I'm diagnosed with cancer. Well, now I'm going to be able to empathize with somebody else who has cancer. Or if a parent passes away and your parents are still alive, you really can't understand what that person is going through. But by asking questions and just listening and visualizing yourself in those shoes and what that person is going through, that will increase your empathy and really understand people, where they come from. That's what good leadership is all about, is understanding who your employees are or who your friends are and how you're going to drive them. We're all wired a little bit differently, so each employee takes a different amount 
of learning to go to, and we have different empathies for different people. But it's right. taking this time, and it, it does take a lot of time, and it's not easy. But the longer you invest in that time, the better off your employees are going to feel, and they're going to feel valued. I've heard surveys numerous times where people are saying, what's the most important thing to your work? And besides the compensation, it's simply feeling valued in the workplace mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and being engaged in the workplace. Right. And so, um, you know, the, are there other things that you can do to enhance your personal civility? Or would you like to go into it even more, the uh, self-awareness or the self-regulation or the social skills? Uh, have you finished that or uh, and want to move on to something else? Or? Well, I've got a few other things I'd like to add. Okay, to, that'd you know, be how, great. How pers- personally do that. And it's really, it takes a personal paradigm shift within yourself. Mm-hmm. For example, if you want to look at, you know, and this has to do with also the servant leadership model, but if you want to go to, and if the listeners would do like a scale of zero to 10, and I'll list like three or four of these, that number one, um, say you're controlling the employee's action. You bank yourself on the left-hand side as a zero, one, two, three, four, whatever you are in the continuum, where are you that? And on the right-hand side, are you empowering individuals to take better actions? So it's the empowerment part that's going to get them engaged and feel valued. So where are you on that continuum, that scale of, you know, zero to ten? If you're currently maybe a three, how do you get to being a seven? And we can get more specific into that at some other time, perhaps. But it's also, are you creating a fear of consequences versus creating a safe place for risk-taking? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as a leader who has a character of civility in the workplace, you want to be creating a safe place for risk-taking. Um, are you reinforcing a we-they culture? Or are you optimizing everyone's styles and strengths? So that goes back to that empathy and how much do you know about your employees? Mm-hmm. And I've been in a situation where I've actually like, carry index cards in my pocket quite often. I'll take notes after a conversation. So I, right. if I'm talking to somebody, I know more about them. You know, how many children they have, what challenges they've had, what's their family like, what are their hobbies and so forth. So I, you, it takes work to do that. But the more you learn about your employees the better leader you're going to be and you'll be able to serve them better. Um, you know, are you setting an expectation for long hours and overtime and so forth, or are you modeling a healthy work-life balance environment? Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about the health and, you know, the profit of your, your health and how it's affected by stress and so forth. You know, you want your employees to be healthy. You want them to show up. You want them to be productive. So the more you can offer that healthy work-life balance, and it's all about, modeling the behavior of civility, and it's 24-7. Right. So what you're really, we have just a minute left before we come back, but what you're really saying is the leader is, the leader sets the tone. The leader is the role model and um, for civility. Uh, can you just say a little bit about that, and then we'll come back for a break? Absolutely. And one comment I talk to a lot of my clients about when I'm coaching leaders is, or their management role, I, I, I say to them, simply be the leader that you want your leader yes. to be. Yes. And look at that model and behavior. And also, I recommend people working with a mentor to get feedback, honest right. feedback. You know, how am I doing? How am I perceived? Am I being rude on my cell phone, as we talked earlier? Or am I raising my voice? Is my tone inappropriate? So uh, I love mentorship, and I would recommend everybody have a mentor. Well, on that note, um, 
It's time for another short break on the Business Edge, and this is Marcia Zidle, your Smart Moves coach. When we come back, Buzz is going to uh, end with three, what I call three keepers. What are the things that, you, if nothing else, you remember from this show? So stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest today has been Buzz Colby talking about civility in the workplace. And what a great topic for for what's going on today. Um, and so, Buzz, for the listeners, uh, what are the three things, or I call them keepers, that you want them to remember about civility? Well, thank you for the opportunity again, Marcia. Uh, first of all, I think, I believe that you have to respect yourself and respect others and one of the main things behind this, and I haven't even talked about this yet, but it has to do with respecting others, and that's the, your punctuality, being on time. Mm. Mm. It's huge because when you're late, it just shows a lack of respect for somebody. And I know we've all been in doctor's offices waiting in the waiting room for 20 or 30 minutes, and you get into the, to the um, room where they're going to you know, look at you and do, you know, put the great fancy robe on and all that kind of stuff. 
and they're, then their doctor is another 20 minutes late, but that's just showing disrespect for you. So what I want the listeners to think is, okay, what's the solution? Don't focus on the problem, but focus on the solution of respecting others. So what I did when I left the doctor's office that time, I said, what is the best time to come in for an appointment where the yes. doctor won't be running late? Yes. And they, they'd share with it, well, be the first appointment in the morning. So ever since then, I've always gone in <laughs> and been the first, mm-hmm. in the, mm-hmm. in the, and the doctor's on time. So, but the point is to respect others, be punctual, and listen to them. I also want to encourage people to uh, take a look at the books, and I'm not here to sell the books. I didn't write them or anything, but the books are excellent and really focuses on civility. And once again, the books are The Cost of Bad Behavior by Christine mm-hmm. Pearson and Christine Parath, and the other book, Choosing Civility by P.M. Forney. And I'd like to, as a third, I'd like to um, say, excuse me, two more things, that civility is more than an occasional action or event. Civility is simply a lifestyle. Right, right. And this is a quote from some unknown author, but life is an echo. What you send out comes back. What you sow, (laughs) you reap. What you give, Mm -hmm. you get. What you see in others exists in you. Remember, life is an echo. It always gets back to you, so give goodness. Wow, that's really good. And did you have something quickly, another one that you wanted? Or uh, those are your top three, correct? That's it. You got it. Okay, great. Well, listeners, uh, I'm sure you would like to know more about civility and more about Buzz Colby. Uh, So, Buzz, how can they contact you? They can contact me through Final Touch Finishing School. Uh, Deborah King's uh, president of the organization. Once again, they're celebrating their 25th year. And the website is finaltouchschool.com. Once again, that's finaltouchschool.com. Or they can contact me directly at buzz at finaltouchschool.com. And how about spelling Final Touch School, just to make sure the listeners uh, have it right, okay? Absolutely. Final Touch School is F as in Frank, I, N as in Nancy, A-L-T-O-U-C-H, C-H, excuse me, C-S-C-H-O-O-L, school, that is, dot com. So finaltouchschool.com. Well, thank you, Buzz. Anything else you would like to say um, before we uh, end the program? I will say that we do have a few workshops coming up in the near future, and at some point uh, they will be based out of webinars, but right now they're going to be based uh, near the Dallas-Fort Worth area. There's a deluxe life skills uh, opportunity that's coming up June the 25th through July 1st, and I know there's short notice, but there's only one or two openings in that, and we're also doing a workshop called The Power of Being a Gentleman. That's going to be October the 25th. And then a new workshop we're going to do, which will be a webinar coming up in the near future, is Civility in Action at Home, at Work, and at Play. But I recommend our listeners go to the Final Touch School website and learn more information. Well, thank you so much, Buzz, for a very interesting, educational, and informative uh, uh, program. Um, You're the first one I've had on civility, and it's a really, really important topic, and I'm so happy to have you on. Well, next week's topic is Voices from the Trenches, the Preva Leaf Startup Story. Dr. Rebecca Poston, CEO of Prevaleaf, describes the reality in real time of being an entrepreneur with a unique personal care products company. She will describe the journey of starting with an initial proprietary technology to the creation of a brand family of natural, innovative 
uh, products to help women throughout their lives. Listen in on Wednesday, June 25th on the Business Channel, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, to a fascinating entrepreneurial story of moving from a product idea to the marketplace. In other words, how to move from now to next to success. Well, here's another quick smart moose tip. Of all the decisions a business leader makes, none is as important as the decisions about people because they determine the performance capacity of the organization. Are you making the right hiring decisions? Let me make sure you are. Contact me at 972-380-9181 or Marcia. M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com. That's S-M-A-R-T-M-O-V-E-S-C-O-H-C-H-C-O-A-C-H.com. I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Let me move you from now to next to success. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge with Marcia Zidel, the Smart Moves executive coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company firm or practice to the next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. Innovate, improve, ignite, or die. Make smart moves. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you become a member yet?